10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Belts, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else, Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. Spring break edition of the podcast this week. Which is... Fancy way of saying couldn't find a guest. <laughs> we'll just let's just keep well, it's it real. amazing, and it's it's <laughs> not due to a lack of effort. We're looking forward to getting some football guests in here, and we've got a list that we're going to get to, and and certainly we'll have those folks in. The big news, though, this past week, the dismissal of men's basketball coach Mike Bellato last Thursday, Jeff Purinton announcing that. Coach Pilato would not return. He thanked him for his service and contributions to the program the last six seasons. And Coach Pilato actually had a quote in the press release that was sent out from the athletic department. And he said, first, I would like to say thank you to the community of Jonesboro and Arkansas State University for the opportunity to be your head coach. I have nothing but great things to say about this city and the people in it. And they've made this a very special place for me and my family. I'm very proud of the players we've recruited here and that we've been able to graduate 100% of our seniors who exhausted their eligibility. To all the players who have played for me, I also want to thank them for their hard work and dedication to the program as well as me and my family. I also want to say a special thank you to former athletic directors Terry Mahajer and Tom Bowen and to current athletic director Jeff Purinton for the opportunity to work under their tutelage. I wish nothing but the best for A-State in the future. And, hey, this is part of the business. You know, mm-hmm. we know that this comes with the territory, but six seasons with Coach Pilato around here, always enjoyed working with him. I know you felt the same way. And I'll say this, just the character of the student-athlete that he brought in was always at a real high level. And you and I have been around a lot of teams, and this is as honest as I can get. There's a lot of teams, well, I'm not going to say a lot. There's been teams that you don't really enjoy being around very much. But the guys that Coach Bellotto brought in, I always enjoyed once he got his guys in here. They had a great, I'll say, culture. I know that word kind of gets overused sometimes, but – just the the overall feel of the program it was always kind of a family environment with him and i always appreciated that yes both as we really echo everything you said but take it like a notch further from a different angle even as a as a parent i can tell you the kids he brought in around his program were great to other people's kids yeah and so were you know coach and alicia i mean she would you know, grab my son who was around at some games this year, you know, who was, you know, nine and now since turned 10 and just grab him up and take him to the locker room after the game and just stuff that is really cool for a kid that age. And, but he brought in good kids in the program and recruited, you know, talented kids too. I mean, you know, he, he really, you know, th- did a lot of really good stuff. As he said, every time a, a player came through here and finished their eligibility, they left with a degree from Arkansas state. And I know we kind of lose sight of it, but that is the main thing. Now it's not from a standpoint that it's about winning and losing. I get, but in terms right. of like it, it, in terms of like these guys going on to the rest of their life, 
leave with a college degree is the number one thing that happened i always enjoy it just because right off the tip Ray, for the very first time he got the job and came into the studio with me on my show we quickly found out we had a shared interest in professional that, wrestling that's right and that just sort of you know carried us through to the point where before this guy had coached a game at arkansas state our affiliation with, with East Arkansas broadcasters had kind of helped uh, open doors to him to walk down the aisle at a WWE event and serve as the guest timekeeper. I mean, I was at in the crowd that night, and they're playing the fight song over the speakers, and Mike Bellato's <laughs> walking down, you know, giving people five. And then to actually see him get in the wrestling ring and have a match, and I'm telling you, all kidding aside, he, he was absolute natural. I believe it. Crazy. Because I actually saw the week before that when I mean I kinda I saw the evolution of that thing from hey, you think Coach Bellotto would want to stand in my corner to hey, you think Coach Bellotto would want to maybe make this a tag match if all he did was we figured out a little something in the beginning and something at the very end with Brandon Baxter doing all kind of the heavy lifting in the middle. To all right, let's go figure this thing out and meet up the week before and find out we can do whatever we want because this guy can do it all. It was a, it was like a duck to water. If he had gone that road, he could yeah, probably I think have he pulled could've, that off. I think he could have. I think he could have made a living in the wrestling business because he can talk. You know, he's got a fiery personality, and he had he was a natural to get in there to do that. So uh, I have my doubts that whoever is next can take a chair shot. It's not every day you bring in a guy that can. <laughs> <laughs> do want to wish Coach Bellato. Alicia, their family, Casey Stanley, Eon Young, Brent Cruz, that whole staff, Drew Wilson, the director of basketball operations, just really enjoyed being around those guys. And obviously, we know some of the players that were on this last roster have already gone into the transfer portal. And when there's a coaching change, you should expect that anymore, kind of the way everything is in college basketball. I think you should expect it when there's a coaching change no matter why there's a coaching change. I mean, the the fact of the matter is that in coaching changes these days, especially at a school our size, the new coach essentially has to walk in assuming he has no roster. And he can start at trying to build it by recruiting the guys on the current one and getting to know them. But, I mean, it, it's, it's the exact same where if all of a sudden your coach does a bunch of winning and you can't keep them and they get hired away. Same thing. With the portal, a coaching change is – basically equal to a complete roster overhaul now and we're about to see it as the search is ongoing now for the 17th head coach in program history you work down the hall now from jeff purinton so how often does your phone get hit up on a daily basis (laughs) you know it it did some (laughs) last week i got calls and texts uh we got emails from interested coaching candidates believe me there is no shortage of those it it is interesting though yes that a lot of people just want info what are you hearing but we'll tell you right now we're in the dark as well Mm -hmm. but when other candidates reach out to you they want you to put a word in that's when it gets a little interesting because every now and then that will happen and and in your case I know it has. Yeah, it did. I mean, by all those means, and like I said, emails from 
agents and just i mean all you know people are just looking for any sort of connection to try to help get a foot in the door to make a person a candidate for the job so that part's been interesting to see and i tell you in terms of like being on staff with, with jeff purinton in this one and even back with with dean lee even terry for the first little while the staff is in the dark and that's a good thing it really is ignorance is bliss we want i think it's important for anybody in the athletic staff i mean the development people because they get a lot of phone calls from donors wanting to know what's up or for me or my staff to be able to honestly look at people and say i have no idea it is a good thing yeah and so if somebody in our if you're talking with someone in the athletic department to tell you that they're not kidding we don't want to lie to the fans yeah and we're not because we don't know anything but we will very soon <laughs> i think so and i guarantee you whoever the new person is they're going to be sitting right there next to you very soon on this very podcast and i we'll would get believe to, that We'll get to know them much better. So looking forward to that coming up very, very soon. In the meantime, it still was a busy week last week in A-State Athletics. We'll talk about that when we come back here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. It was a full week for the A-State baseball team. They wrapped up their 11-game homestand last Tuesday night as they took on Central Arkansas, UCA able to come from behind and win that one by the score of seven to four and then the red wolves were on the road this past weekend and they dropped their three games in lafayette against a really good raging cajun team and it did get better as the weekend went along but it got off to a pretty miserable start on friday nights one of the roughest innings that I think we've had in the first inning. Just a couple of errors, some drop balls on top of that. Uh, on third strikes, back-to-back, -back, uh, there was a wild pitch and a pass ball that would have ended the inning each time. It was not what Tommy Raffo wanted to see in the first game. Just the sloppy play, the free bases, the energy in the dugout. Cajuns ended up winning that one 15-4. Much better effort the last couple of days and one thing that Tommy Raffo was really encouraged about was the fact and even Saturday you lose the game and you see the score 13 to 5 you only gave up three free bases all day long they didn't have any stolen bases they got it mostly with the long ball 10 of the 13 runs came on home runs but you made them earn it, and, and, yeah. and you went error-free the entire day on Saturday. What he saw and what I witnessed Saturday as opposed to Friday was light years better because yeah. that, that was a rough night Friday, and they had to respond in a big way. You just want to make people swing the bat. You'll make them hit the ball because probably seven out of every ten times they hit it, they're going to hit it to somebody. And even you go back to a game against Missouri State, right, where you had a chance to win, where they hit four home runs because it hit four solo home runs. 
mm-hmm. solo home runs typically by themselves aren't going to get you beat. It just changes everything about the way a game looks and feels when you start giving things away. And it's just such a mental drain. Just the chatter in the dugout was, was there Saturday where Friday it didn't seem like that was a factor. Now, after you get down 7 nothing in the first inning, there's not a lot of talking generally. But it was a much better feel in the game Saturday and Sunday. And they lost the game Sunday 3-1. to one, And Kyler Carmack's a freshman. Yeah. But Remember the name. He was topping out at 94, and our friends in Lafayette were saying, hey, we're going to keep an eye on this kid because he was really impressive. Five innings, zero earned runs. And what was frustrating was the fact that you you get some good performances on the mound. Kyler gives you five innings, and then Arlen Butts comes in, pitches the final three innings. He only gives up one earned run. But two of the three that the Cajuns scored came – on unearned runs, and the two errors that A-State did commit on Sunday both led to runs, which proved to be the difference. Yeah, but back to Carmack. To me, that's been uh, through this early third or whatever we are of the season, it's sort of been probably the biggest surprise in the fact that here's a freshman out of Cabot, the only player on the roster who literally is listed as a two-way guy. Yeah. And he's, you know, he's been an impact out the field, at the plate, on the mound, this kid has a very bright future. Heck of an athlete. Meanwhile, the men's golf team was at the Seminole Intercollegiate, hosted by Florida State this past week. They finished sixth out of 15 teams. And the women's golf team finished tied for fifth out of 16 teams at the spring break shootout. That was in Dade City, Florida last week. And Olivia Schmidt finishing second in that event. And I think, you know, starting to kind of round in the form for her, I haven't talked at length with Olivia about it, but my guess is early on in this spring part of the season, I'm guessing she has put applied too much pressure to herself, just kind of knowing how she's wired and knowing how much it means to her. I think when you look at being the player of the year in the conference and, you know, having some pro eligibility, had you chosen to take it but decided to come back and play, I think – she has probably internalized a lot of pressure that she thinks there externally, but really isn't. And so now you, you go out there and, and she you know, plays like this, you know, always right around par or under as uh, more what we're accustomed to seeing out of yes, Olivia Schmidt. Is. Tennis fell at home to South Alabama over the weekend. And the bowling team was in action this past weekend, and they finished 11-2 and at the Music City Challenge good enough for a sixth place finish out of 30 teams in that event yeah because both of the two losses were once you got to the bracket play on sunday and they were both seven game losses so i mean you're i mean you're really literally a a frame or two away from probably being in or winning the championship at that tournament so overall they had a a really really good first uh two days for sure and then just lost a couple of matches on sunday that went down to the wire literally We'll take a look at the week ahead when we come back to wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this. You raised your family here. Did every July 4th here refinish the floors here twice? Sized up your daughter's boyfriends here? Waited in the doorway all day when your son was coming home on leave? This place has given you all you've dreamed of and now it's giving again in the form of a gourmet kitchen and the quietest dishwasher known to man. 
Realize your dream with a home equity line of credit from Simmons Bank. Dreams realized. SimmonsBank.com. Member FDIC, equal housing lender, subject to credit approval. Even though it's spring break, still plenty of stuff going on this week. No spring football due to spring break. But the baseball team, with five games coming up at Mississippi State, if you're listening on Tuesday, the game tonight at 6. And it was neat a couple of years ago when we went to Starkville because it was the first time that Tommy Raffo had been back to his alma mater since he had been head coach here at Arkansas State. Of course, he was player, longtime assistant for 15 years under Ron Polk, but it was cool to see that happen a couple of years ago, and we'll get to see it this week when the Red Wolves head to Starkville. First time I'm sure he's been back since he's found out he's going into their ring of honor if yeah. that's the terminology they use their top honor is about to be bestowed upon him and that's got coach polk's name on it so first time i'm sure he's been in starkville since that announcement came out then they're at memphis the next night wednesday at five the first pitch for that one and then james madison is in here this weekend jmu dropping two out of three at home over the weekend to coastal carolina First pitch Friday at 6, Saturday at 3, and then an early start time on Sunday to accommodate JMU's travel schedule starting at 11 a.m. on Sunday. Is this the first JMU team that's come to Jonesboro? Well, they were uh, they were here for football. Oh, you're right. They were. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So yeah, They were here for football. They were not here for basketball, yeah. though. The men's team didn't, didn't play, play them, them, period. The women played out there. So, yes. Okay. So, yeah, I forgot about them being here in football, yeah track and field beginning the outdoor season this week thursday friday and saturday they'll be at the al schmidt bulldog relays in starkville had uh, several folks comment on uh, coach patchell's interview last week really enjoyed doing the interview and I, and i was glad to hear the positive feedback from it but i'm sure they're going to be glad to get to the event because from what he told us this is kind of a brutal training time for the athletes <laughs> yeah. between indoor and outdoor i enjoyed that conversation a lot last week just because it was different than nearly every other conversation i've ever had with him and it was good to get to learn more about him and kind of how he's wired and the competitor he is i i, I mean i hope i'm with you i hope people listen to it and enjoyed it because i came out of there really enjoying uh, the time we got to spend with him last week tennis team at home once again this week they're hosting ulm saturday at 11 and then the bowling team with the big week they're playing in the southland conference tournament for those that don't know we play in the southland in bowling and that will be in rowlett texas yeah because the sunbuck can have beach volleyball but it can't have bowling <laughs> and and as a result you know but the bowling never factors into any of the boobas cup scoring yeah, that's unfortunate because we, we need could, to find a way to make that happen. We could, fin we could win a national championship and get a whopping zero Boobas Cup points for it. This is the final event too, the Southland Conference Tournament before the NCAA Tournament. So a chance to solidify their spot in how many NCAA tournaments in a row would this oh, be? Oh, gosh. We're in the double digits probably. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's up there 15 or so. All right. So hopefully we're talking about that coming up very soon anything else we need to visit about here well i decided if people stuck with us through this one when we didn't have a you know big time guest i'll reward you with some information that i don't think will be out probably by the time this podcast is so i'm going to take people through the schedule of events 
on pack day saturday april 15th okay the goal is just kind of give full disclosure here pack day is what the football program calls that day because it's not just the spring football game but it's a big recruiting weekend for them too mm-hmm. so kind of the whole thing's pack day so i decided we'll just borrow from that and make the whole whole thing pack day and what we want to do is have a day full of activities built around the spring game i like so it. here's what we got starting the day off that saturday april 15th with the first not annual the first or the inaugural, the inaugural. yeah i like that uh a state pack day cornhole classic inside halsey thrasher harpole tailgate city so we're partnering by the way with with east arkansas broadcasters in this event mm-hmm. and just sort of taking an event we had some success with pre-pandemic a cornhole tournament and some food trucks and we're just kind of taking that event and plopping it down outside Centennial Bank Stadium on the day of the spring game. I was shocked at the turnout. And I know cornhole's popular, but we had a really big turnout for that one. And this one, because we have more of an opportunity to promote it, I think should be even bigger. And we're working with a nonprofit organization in the area called 870 Cornhole Nation. They really are a 501c3 nonprofit. And they're just running this cornhole tournament for us. This thing can be big. There'll be cash payouts. There are two divisions, beginner and advanced. They're equipped to take 64 of each. Oh, gosh. They've got enough stuff that we can be playing 20 games at a time if we need to be. How much does it cost for a team? 20 bucks for a team, not a person, in the beginner. Okay. And 40 bucks for a team in the advanced. And however much money is generated from entries in each division, 80% of that is going to be paid out in prizes. All right. So cash prizes in each division. And in Tailgate City, you could already kind of grab a spot in that if you want. And there's several different ways. Like you're going to see a QR code, and we got a bit.ly link. But if you'll go to astateredwolves.com right now, very quietly have already posted on the front page where kind of four ads, and you can always get to Jeff's State of the Pack, and there's a couple different things. One of those spots has the Cornhole Classic logo and says, click here to enter. Takes you to a Google Doc, gives you all the information you need, and you can grab one of those spots right now. So that starts at 9. We're going to have food vendors and food trucks are in the parking lot around that same time. We're going to have some some folks that work with Revel XP, some uh, food partners from Red Wolf Sports Properties, and also some local food trucks scattered about the parking lot, some by the stadium, some out by Tailgate City. Hijinks is going to have the kid zone set up nice. in Tailgate City, just like on a game day. So all that's going on. 10 o'clock on the concourse of the stadium, we're having an excess gear sale, which is when these have always out. been oh, popular. Yeah. All the old helmets that can't be put in play anymore. Football jerseys they're not going to wear anymore. Different gear, other jerseys from other sports. A lot of it's you'll have some brand new gear and apparel from Adidas that maybe teams just never had somebody to to wear. Now they're clearing space. All that stuff's going to be for sale. So that's going on on the concourse. 10 to 2. The spring game, which is presented by J-Towns, is at about 2.15. As soon as it's over... And there's going to be other stuff going on like during the spring game. We'll have some activities going on, uh, some contests, some other fun stuff on the field during the spring game. When it's over, the players are going to all stay on the field, and it's going to be open for probably 30 minutes to an hour where everybody just come down, meet the players, get autographs. 
in a really in like a freestanding like not even like setting them up at tables they're just going to kind of be out and about and you can just roam around and, and meet players and get their autographs well, that's cool and then the day's going to cap off at about five thirty. you could get stay on the field or come back on the field with your blanket or what have you sit on the field at centennial bank stadium and we're going to show it's movie night on the video board optimum presents that and it's mm-hmm. going to be Puss in Boots, The Last Wish is going to be the movie. So it literally has a full day of stuff on the 15th. You can bring the whole family out and spend the entire day. I love it. That's coming up Saturday, April 15th. That's right. Find out all the details on the website. Yeah, we'll have a a release of all that stuff coming. But right now, you can go right now to the website if you want and get get in one of those spots in the Cornhole Tournament, astateredwolves.com. We hope everybody enjoys their spring break this is not my best quality i admit but mm-hmm. i you see all these people that have loaded up and gone to this beach or that beach and the high school baseball team at this school and that school has gone to this beach myrtle beach gulf shores here there for all these spring break trips and so far every time i've seen pictures posted of any of these trips everybody's bundled up in a coat because it's cold <laughs> i woke up this morning I had frost on my windshield. It was 27 degrees. And my first thought was, this is spring break. Yeah, I was really in a bad mood over the weekend because, man, I just, like, I'm ready to hit golf balls. I'm just itching to get out there. And you look out the window and it looks so pretty. And then you step outside and you're like, the hell with this. (laughs) I'm not, it's too cold. same thing. And it's not just here. You know, I've been doing this 18 years now. I probably... Been to Lafayette, Louisiana between 40 and 50 times, probably. That was the coldest it's ever been for any trip I've made to Lafayette. It was probably upper 40s, mm. low 50s most of the weekend. And even when we're there for football, it's usually oh gosh, much warmer than that. So, so yeah, so. I guess it's just cold everywhere. <laughs> it's cold everywhere. Hopefully a lot warmer next week when spring break is over. And I do hope this, as much as I've enjoyed seeing everybody that's gone to all these beaches be cold, I do hope wherever you are, whatever beach you've gone to this week, you get a little bit of warmer weather before you have to come home. Yes, I hope so as well. Because there's nothing like a trip to the beach where you can't <laughs> be on the beach. Hey, we appreciate everybody for listening. We'll join you again next week for another edition of the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank.